What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Monkey Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Perez, along with Anthony Florentino. As always, this podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD, Inc. They've given the Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their products on their website. Just go to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 at checkout for 15% off any and all purchases. That's DailyDoseCBDInc.com, promo code MONKEYMIND15, no spaces, for 15% off any and all purchases. Today's guest for episode number 38 is professional big mountain skier Jackie Peso. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. appreciate it yeah of course thanks for having me yeah of course um so yeah welcome on just uh if you don't mind for everyone listening if you can just introduce yourself and tell them what you do sure um hi everybody i'm jackie peso i'm a professional big mountain skier based out of scandinavia these days awesome awesome <laughs> you started out in uh in maine correct uh, that's correct. Yeah. Maine, well, technically I'm from Massachusetts, but I grew up skiing in New Hampshire, Maine, and uh, for the longest time, Sunday River was my home mountain. Oh, awesome. How'd you get started into skiing? How did that first come about? Uh, I had some family friends that my dad knew of that were always going up skiing on the weekends and just kind of introduced my dad to the sport. And I think a little bit my older sister. And then next thing I know, the whole whole family got into it. So I started when I was like four years old. Okay, awesome. And then, so you're our first ever skier on here. So we've had a lot of other athletes, but never a skier. So talk about the path that you need to take when you decide I want to be a professional and take that sort of route. What's that look like? What do you do? And what's the traditional routes people take? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So I feel like in my sport, there's not necessarily, a, or at least back in the day, there wasn't so much a traditional path that everyone would take. It would kind of, you know, in free riding, you have a lot of ex-alpine racers, ex-freestyle park skiers. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of athletes that came from another genre of skiing and then either got introduced or wanted to try something different. So that's kind of my background. I was a mogul skier, and then I took some time off, moved out west, and free riding was just kind of a thing out there. I joined a couple contests, had some success, and decided that I wanted to take a shot at, you know, potentially becoming professional or, or just kind of see where things led me. So I, here I am. <laughs> Is that necessarily like a fairly young age? You kind of have to make that um, decision that this is what you want to do, or is it kind of just enjoying it and kind of see what opportunities present themselves? Well, I mean, I was 27 um, okay. when I started like competing in freeride. So uh, these days there are a lot of younger athletes because there's now like a junior division, um, which that didn't exist back in the day. I had my sights set on, you know, going to Olympics for mogul skiing. So I have been focused on skiing from a very young age. And I think I remember I went to like a job day at Telstar Middle School 
when I was in eighth grade and I said I wanted to be a professional skier growing up. I just, you know, now looking back, I didn't quite know what that meant. So in one sense, yes, I've always been focused on the sport of skiing and kind of going as far as I can take it. Um, but what I do now, um, I didn't really start focusing on that until later on in life. Um, and I've met a lot of people that also like, you know, maybe didn't really get into skiing until they were in their late teens or early twenties. Um, so it's, I mean, we have a bit of flexibility and kind of like, if you put your mind to it, you can make it happen. Um, cause it's, it's not the traditional, you know, Olympic, uh, Olympic track that a lot of other athletes and other sports might find them in. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I know with hockey, it's kind of, a lot of people move away at, you know, 14 years old, sometimes 15, 16 It's kind of like that sweet spot age where you're kind of committing to colleges or figuring out what you want to do and getting some national or international attention even. So um, there's like kind of certain paths you have to follow in hockey. And I wasn't sure if that was the same with skiing as well, but um, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's for some people that say it's similar, um, but the free ride, it's like, I always laugh. Like we're kind of like a bunch of washed up, you know, like we're the, the racers or the mobile skiers that like didn't quite make it, but it's changing now with the development of the sport and the fact that there is a junior division. So like last year I was competing against uh, other girls that are like almost 20 years younger than me. Oh, wow. um, so <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So obviously switching gears a bit, um, we started this podcast, giving athletes a platform to speak about their mental health and some of the things that they've struggled with. And you've been um, open about that before and have talked about it. Um, you know, what are some of the things that things that you've struggled with in the past or, you know, continue to struggle with? Um, so it's funny. I was actually just talking to a friend of mine today that uh, was also like, or I mean, she still is an elite level, but was an elite level athlete. Um, and we, both had like we had these dreams set out um of being you know an olympic gold medalist in our perspective sport and it didn't happen um and that you know once you start working at something you know i started skiing at four i started competing in mobile skiing when i was nine and did that you know for a huge part of my life and to not see like I was on the track it, it looked like it wasn't just this pipe dream it looked like it was something that was actually possible and then it fell apart and that kind of I, I felt like I lost it my identity as you know I, I was a mogul skier and I had this dream and then it was gone um, and so I struggled a lot with like that failure and then and then what to do with myself afterwards and kind of just constantly feeling like I'm not good enough and um, I'm not capable of achieving what I wanted to. So that was um, really, it was hard. It was, a, I had a rough, like I started pre-riding when I was 27. I stopped mobile skiing when I was 21 and those years in between, sucked because <laughs> I, I was trying to find myself and um yeah I struggled for quite a while trying to deal with the loss of one dream and just kind of finding a new goal yeah 
That's uh, it's so crazy. Um, I hope you don't get offended. I don't know anything about skiing, like what, like you're saying, mogul skiing and like all of these things. And <laughs> I'm just, I'm completely lost. But it's cool to hear because what you just explained about skiing is something that Dana, Danny, and I have experienced as hockey players, where it's losing your identity because you know we start at such a young age, you know. Grow up as a high school hockey player, a college hockey player, a pro pro hockey player, and then when we're presented, you know, retirement or kind of being pushed out of the game, we get so scared because how are people going to look at us anymore? Because our whole lives we've been looked at as hockey players, or like how are my how are my family members that you know I see at Christmas going to be like, oh, what are you up to now? Oh. Uh, still trying to figure my life out seeing that I've just been playing hockey for 20 plus years so it's it's cool it's it's interesting to see how how similar sports are and how we create an identity for ourselves within that sport almost to the point where we lose ourselves because we've invested everything for however long for you know becoming something that we have dreamed of like for hockey players you're in the driveway you're saying you're scoring a, a goal in the Stanley Cup and then you get to be 25 and you know you've had multiple surgeries can barely put your socks on and you're like oh this goal is uh not really um possible anymore I guess you could say but yeah 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 I it's it's so easy to kind of get I mean we make so many sacrifices to get to that level and then for you know those of us that like don't get to that level it's not only it's a huge blow um I mean financially like it's a financial commitment it's a time commitment we miss out on spending time with friends because we're so focused and everything we want to do and then you almost get to a point where you feel like all that was for at least when it's happening, it's like all that was for nothing. Um, yeah. I'm just left with this like beaten up bodies. In my case, like I didn't have it. I still don't have a college education because I had focused on skiing and there wasn't a lot of money coming in. So it was like, got to figure out how I can ski. Not and And it's not a collegiate sport, what I was doing. So I didn't have that route to go. Um, so yeah, I, like when I stopped, it sounds like it was very similar. There was kind of like, shit, like I don't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know exactly. I know exactly what you're, it's, I'm sure Danny can relate to it as well. It's just, it's so crazy how, you know, your whole life, every thought you have is, oh, I can't eat McDonald's because I have to train later or, you know, I need to go to bed because I have to train tomorrow. And then when you have nothing to train for, it's like you're completely lost because every little thought that you've had for basically your whole life has been for that sport. And then, you know, all it takes is one day to realize, be like, oh boy, I'm, I'm, pretty lost here <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it's 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 tough because um, it's so easy for us to like put like all of our like all of our worth wrapped up into this like one like now when we look back it's yeah it's important it's great that we've had these opportunities but it's not everything that life is about and if when we were younger we could have looked at it as just like a great opportunity that was going to help us get to greater things further on in life um that not not necessarily related to sports just like whatever like but knowing how to run a business or be like be motivated or dead to whatever you're towards next like if we could have seen that in our 20s when things might have felt like oh, okay well this was worth it but yeah. it's taken me a big chunk of time to get to that point before I realized that it wasn't all for nothing and like you know we're we're where we are today because of a lot of our experiences as athletes um which was pretty valuable yeah i think that's the thing with you know i think you've had a certain mindset obviously you have to have that certain mindset to be able to achieve what you have and that's you know pretty much putting all your eggs in that in that basket and you have to you know full fully and wholeheartedly believe in yourself that this is what you want to do and then i think we get so wrapped up in that end goal that we forget to enjoy the ride sometimes and i feel like you know, when you're at that, like those six years that you were just kind of feeling lost, you kind of do a lot of reflecting, I'm sure about when you were a little girl skiing and how this is all you wanted. And then that just compounds that feeling even more and how this is something that you wanted so much. And like, I know for me, I just, I sat and reflected and I just forgot, I realized I forgot to enjoy the ride and just yeah. not worry about worrying about the end goal and doing whatever I could to achieve that end goal. And just, it's not always about that. It's about enjoying the process and the journey itself. Yeah. I, I mean, I, if I'm being completely honest, I'm still working on that whole part. Like it's, it's a lot easier to say these things than to actually do them. And of course I find myself, um, even to this day, kind of like focusing on like what's next and not, you know, a lot of the process, like of achieving your goals, like that whole process can be really fun and enjoyable. Uh, if you allow it to be whereas I sometimes I'm just thinking about the goal and then the second you might like if you achieve it it what's next um and never really taking that time to appreciate like all of the hard work that you've done to accomplish something and just you know yeah I don't know it's it's a it's a kind of a vicious cycle because I think it's what enables us to go as far as we have in in sports or or life in general but it's also what makes it really difficult for us to enjoy the whole process is like yeah. it never ever being good enough yeah no i couldn't agree more it's exactly exactly right and um you know what, what were some of the ways that you found have kind of been helping you cope have you you've tried meditation or um has therapy helped or what are some of the things that work for you um, so I think meditation for me is getting out in the mountains. Like that's, that's my form of meditation. Um, yeah, trying, trying to get out and like, I don't necessarily have to be like running or biking hard, but just being outdoors and, and moving around, um, dogs. I love 
animals and um, I love dogs and they've been like a huge comfort to me. Just kind of nice to be able to focus on something else besides myself um, and like making sure that they're happy and taking them out on little adventures. So that's been a good distraction or not, I don't want to say distraction, but a, a good coping, a good way to deal with hard times. Um, I have done some therapy and it kind of like, I'll go every now and then if I feel like, cause it's a work in process, progress. Like it's never, I'm never going to get to a point where I'm a hundred percent certain that I'm never going to have to worry about dealing with depression or something like that. It's something that I have to constantly monitor. So I have, you know, depending on what's going on in my life, I have kind of been in and out uh, of therapy and more just, just kind of maintain things. Uh, so I, when I notice that I'm kind of struggling, I'll, like I'll tell my husband, for example, I'll try to be vocal and let him know what's going on and, and kind of asking for help and say like, all right, I, I need to find somebody to, to talk to so I can just stay or get back on track. Um, but I think definitely movement like being able to move and get outdoors is probably the the main thing that keeps me sane yeah that that's awesome that's something that's worked for me and um i actually recently got into skiing and that was a way that it's become my second passion right now you know with with hockey being done um it has become my second passion something that has replaced hockey and i'm so grateful that i found skiing and you know quick little story. Um, I would every Sunday, my junior and senior year, I'd escape at six in the morning, and go to Sugarloaf every single Sunday. So that was my way of getting out in the mountains. And I know exactly that feeling and, you know, hockey wasn't going, going right for me. And I found escape in skiing and going to Sugarloaf by myself. So um, it's, it's such a, an awesome culture and such a freeing culture. I found like that no judgment sort of you know, there's no coaching in, in a sense. It was the complete opposite of what I was used to. Yeah. You know? And I loved that and being out in, in the beauty of Carabasset Valley up in that area. So that was something that, that I think I can resonate with the whole movement aspect. And I think Flo and I have talked about it plenty of times on here that, you know, being outside and Flo's gotten into fishing. So it's just being outside and being out in nature has been kind of a reoccurring theme that has helped people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely they say that like nature is therapeutic and I think um, I'm fortunate enough that my main sports like skiing and, and mountain biking while I've been involved in them on like a competitive level so I, I have had coaches and, and I have had that kind of stricter environment they are also they're both in like lifestyle sports so they're the type of sport that I can I can do them by myself and I can do them as long as I can still physically, you know, go biking and, and skiing. And, um, it's not just about, they can be very social or just about getting outdoors or as team sports. Like I played soccer, uh, growing up and a bit into college and I love soccer. It's great, but it's not the kind of thing that I can just pick up and, play a game whenever I need to like have a release or like I don't know get out so yeah 
No, yeah, I agree. And I want to correct myself too. I didn't mean that there was no coaching. I meant for me in the sport, there was no yeah, coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to. Oh, yeah, no. No, I totally, no, I totally, don't worry. I totally understood exactly what you meant. Cause, and I think that's how it is for, that's how it is for most people. And that's kind of like, it is, it, like, the, I know um, I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago who he was a racer, Alpine racer growing up. And he was so 83, born in 83. So like that age group back in the day was one of the most promising um, age groups coming up in the US, uh, U.S. ski team. And none of those guys, or very few, are like still racing to this day. Like they all kind of got burnt out in the pretty strict regimented uh, Alpine racing system and and so of course we we have that side of it where it's quite strict and coaching regulated but then there's people that have just always done it as a recreational sport which I'm sure like I have a friend that plays ice hockey in the recreational sense too but you can when you think of hockey you think of you know like your past as like being coached and much more like this is training and everything and I used to think about skiing like that. And now, fortunately, it's a little bit more relaxed. Um, but it's still my job. So I don't quite, it's not quite as, it's a job that I love. Uh, so <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, it's a, I love it, but it is, it definitely feels like a job sometimes. I don't yeah. know. I feel like I just rambled off. Sorry. No, no, that's perfect. Well, I mean, that, that was kind of one of the questions I wanted to ask too about it being a job. Do you feel that that added layer of being a professional and it being that job and, you know, there's also the added layer of sponsorships and all that stuff. Does that add another layer to sort of some of the things you, you struggle with and, and does it, you know, kind of sink you deeper and make you feel more pressure from it because there's the added layer of sponsors and the professional side of things, or do you feel like that added pressure is good for you and you thrive on that? Um, I hate social media. <laughs> if I'm Same. being really honest, <laughs> like I know I should, I know it's part of the reason why I am. Well, I don't know. Actually, I take that back because it's not entirely a reason. Like I'm fortunate. I'm old enough that, I was around in the sport before social media really was, you know, the thing it is today. And so because of that, I also remember what this, you know, what sports were like before uh, this whole part of it. And I think I am quite fortunate that I have a lot of great sponsors that don't like, of course they've, there's a great importance in social media. That's how you get the products out there. It's part of marketing and everything. And even though I'm hired because I'm good at what I do, I'm still supposed to help promote products and sell products. Um, but I, I don't, I don't feel like I have the kind of, I feel like I put just as much pressure on my, I, I probably put more pressure on myself than my sponsors do. So in that sense, um, it's totally fine because I, just as much as my sponsors want me to 
achieve great things like I think I do even more. So in that sense, it's a, it's okay that it's a job. Um, it is, it is hard, you know, kind of finding that support sometimes. And that kind of takes the fun out of it because you have to go out there and sell yourself. And that's something that I don't feel entirely comfortable about. Um, but that's part of it. Uh, especially when, you know, it's, I suppose you have to do that in competitive sports, but where my sport, I'm competitive, but I'm also, I don't know. It's, it's not like a strict, it's not like a strict, uh, I'm not a ski racer. I'm not a hockey player. I'm not a cross country skier where it's a hundred percent results driven. Um, there's a little bit more to it and a little bit more of like what I can bring to the table beyond results. Uh, and I think, I don't know. It's, it's hard sometimes because I want to just focus. It's hard to focus on being, um, performing at your highest level, uh, but also making sure that you get the content, the content out there. So I guess that's my, my, my biggest thing is like just kind of dealing with the whole social media side of things and trying to produce good content as an athlete, but also focus on performing well as an athlete. And sometimes it's hard to, hard to focus on both and do both really well. And I try to prioritize, prioritize, uh, I guess my performance over it, but, uh, I don't love social media. I guess that's the biggest takeaway. <laughs> I, Sorry. I do. I do not enjoy it whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know how to use it. And I feel like the perception that people gain from it are just so in like not accurate to what is actually going on to an extent. Obviously I know that there's, different ways of portraying something and whatnot, but overall I'm good without it. Like all you hear about, or I don't know, <laughs> we could go on and on about it, but it, it's, I think it's just a false way to portray what actually goes into a sport for the individual. And I think every sport is different, obviously, but at the end of the day, the athlete, athletes probably feel the same way that we put enough oh hey <laughs> we put enough pressure on ourselves to begin with that is something that is kind of not additional stress but it's you know we could we could go without it most of the time so i don't know i'm right there with you though <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely, I think it's definitely an additional stress. I mean, I suppose if you're, I don't know, I, I, I can imagine if you're somebody like LeBron James, you don't even have to deal with it on your own. So that's, that's one thing. But for a lot of, 
athletes that are at like lower levels like we have to manage all of that on our own and it's impossible to like focus 100% on the training that you have to do that's already very time consuming and requires a lot of motivation and then on top of that you have to share stories and like get the tweet out what you had for breakfast yeah (laughs) it's just like and the thing is is like I don't know. It's not always interesting. I was just talking to my husband who he's also a professional skier and I'm like, Oh, I haven't really like posted anything yet. I'm like, but there's nothing like, do people really want to see all the administrative work that I'm doing right now as you know, running like avalanche clinics and running around, like doing things with my family. Like it's not, it's not interesting. Uh, <laughs> but if you are like a, influencer and totally on top of it like that i need to like be pushing out content that's i don't know it's just not it's not realistic um and i feel like it just makes people feel bad my biggest my biggest thing is like i hope that whatever i whatever i do put out there inspires or like motivates people to go out and have a good time instead of like making them feel bad like, I don't want to be like, ooh, I just got, like, the gala's new gear that I just got or this new, like, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm really fortunate that I have the support and I got this great stuff, but I don't know. I feel like there's a, no. a, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Yeah, so. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, it must be tough, so tough to navigate. I mean, I, I think with, you know, your sport, you have multiple different sponsors, so that's a lot of different companies that you have to sort of I guess, please in a sense. And I feel like with hockey, there's really not too, too much of that until you get to the NHL and even like the top NHL players sort of get, get the, um, the big sponsorships and the multiple sponsorships. But I feel like with, with sports like skiing, I feel like you were correct me if I'm wrong, but you start to acquire the, the sponsorships and the multiple sponsorships on your way up and even at the top. Correct. So the whole, the whole way you're kind of having to, deal with the multiple different sponsorships and different companies and um, the advertising side of of that sort of part of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you kind of start hustling from the very start and so much to the point, like I've had parents say like, Oh, like my kid wants a Red Bull helmet. And he's like 13 year old kid or my kid wants to, it's, it's like what happened to my kid wants to, you know, be the best skier. Like it's gone away from being like the best at the sport to having the cool sponsors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's such a messed up way to to think about it. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, but I, I I can say that I'm like very fortunate that at least like most of the companies that I work with. Um, my brother's cat uh (laughs) most of the companies that i work with they put more of the focus on like the actual like quality and like like performance like good athletes and then of course like they want us to produce some content and stuff but they understand that to be good at our sport we can't like we can't focus on the social media side of things as much as an influencer might um I mean, you you guys probably, like, as skiers, you see so many people kind of, because we kind of, like, 
right on the line of like outdoor adventure sports and stuff like that um so you get a lot of people that are just straight up influencers and you know they maybe started skiing just a little bit ago and really have no technical ability but they are amazing with camera and sharing photos and have the right angles and all that shit and uh they managed to be competitive like people that i'm competing against for like spots with sponsors which is you know it's not like with hockey like you're just competing against like whatever you know hockey player out there is you know you're trying to be the best hockey player but at least like the ones that are beating you out might actually be better as opposed mm-hmm. to take a better picture than you guys yeah. yeah that's tough i actually didn't really even think about that <laughs> that's got to be very frustrating and I can only imagine what that feels like to kind of see that go on. Yeah, it's a, it sucks. Um, and then of course it's like, well, then there's the, the whole female side of things. And that is even, even, uh, I think my, my husband doesn't have to deal with that quite as much as I do. Um, the whole like, influencer versus athlete thing um i feel like you have a lot a lot of like really beautiful women out there that are selling that look good and look good holding or wearing sports stuff and (laughs) and they might not be able to ski but damn do they look good in their pictures (laughs) oh that's funny but no i i uh Actually, you wanted to bring up something that I, I saw. You had a video on Courage Project, and um, one of the quotes you said was, if something was easy, it wouldn't feel that great to achieve it, and that setbacks are okay, and the greatest things in life you have to work for, and they aren't just handed to you. And I think that that is such a great message, and I think it's such an important message and something that um, a lot of people can benefit from hearing that. And was that that's obvious. Was that something for you that you had to work towards getting to that sort of point and, and have that perspective? Because I remember you know, when, when I thought about that, or when I listened to that, I kind of thought about it quite a bit. And I can only think about the times where I felt I was in some pretty tough spots and um, kind of shifting my, my thought process to that perspective and, and thinking those things, what you said, really helped me out in realizing that the greatest things in life aren't going to be easy to achieve. And like you said, those setbacks are okay. So, you know, what was it? I'm sure it's been a process to what, or was it a process for you to get to that point? Or, um, you know, I think, I just think that that message is so great. Um, Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it was definitely a process because especially when I was, you know, a teenager and, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough. I went to private school, like ski academy and my family didn't have a lot of money, but I was kind of surrounded by a lot of other students who came from wealthier backgrounds. And I just, you know, at least this is how I saw it. Like I saw that a lot of the things that they, uh, or that we all need to do as athletes to kind of get to the next level, like going to summer camps and traveling to different competitions, like 
nationally or internationally and stuff like that um they didn't have like quite the same hurdles like for me it was like I had to not only worry about performing well but also like how my family like how we were going to afford to do this thing so um I at the time really wished that I had everything kind of just fall into my lap and like that at least didn't have to worry about how we were going to afford and I could at least like get all these opportunities um more easily so I could just focus on the sport but now looking back I realized that it having to work like you know to be able to afford like to be like being a ski coach while training and um taking one week where I you know when I went to summer camp like taking one week as a coach and then the next week to focus on my own training like all these different experiences made me a lot stronger in the end and made me appreciate uh even now like I appreciate a lot of the ski trips that I get to go on and the experiences that I um have because of my sponsors and stuff like that I realize like this is a big deal it, it, you know, it's not just like something that I take for granted. I'm really fortunate to have these experiences and um, to have known like how to to work to get to a point where I'm going to get these experiences. Um, but of course, when I was a teenager, I was more just like, well, this is shit. <laughs> why, why, why can't I just, you know? It, why like you know twenty dollars to get a pizza was was a big deal never mind like going to utah for selections or you know whatever national competition um so as an adult i understand it and appreciate it and i kind of take that into uh like the next part of my sport that i'm diving into which is more like ski mountaineering and like working for my runs, working for my turns, um, because I've realized that I, as much as I like, you know, have gone heli skiing and and ride lifts and stuff like that. It's like it's it's nice, it's fun, but that experience when I've hiked up to the top of a mountain and like worked for it, and then that run down, it's like such a better experience when I've earned it myself um and I've just noticed that yeah when I have to work for something uh and I have like success because I worked hard for something it's so much greater than if I just you know had an easy victory or I don't know like I'm sure like you guys have had games that where you played against teams that were not that great and they were easy wins and you're like oh okay it's nice you know we won and then you have those games where you really had to fight for that victory. Like that feels so much better. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. No, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Totally agree. Um, <clears throat> what were, uh, what are some of the things that maybe you would want to, would have wanted to know um, when you were going through some of your, you know, toughest times that, you know, just a, a message to somebody out there who may be going through the same things or something you would have wanted yourself to know. Um, that a lot of people are probably feeling very similar to you, but we don't talk about it. So like you're, you're not alone. 
I think that was the biggest thing. Like I, when I was, you know, like out of the hospital, I was so ashamed to talk about what I was dealing with because I felt like people were going to judge me. Um, and so because of that, it took me so much longer to like heal and start getting to a better point because I couldn't, I just held it all in. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, you'd be surprised how many other people are kind of have hard times and like deal with like either serious depression or a small depression, um, you know, whatever, like everybody's either experienced it themselves or has a loved one that's dealing with it. And I think if you have some good friends, you'll find that they're much more open to sitting there and listening to you um, and helping you get to a point where you can get, where you can start helping yourself. Um, so yeah, I guess just like, you're not alone. Um, and the other thing is like, once you kind of taken, like, I don't know, do whatever you can to, to find help. Cause ultimately like you can't just have somebody tell you like, Oh, it's going to be okay. Like you have to find some means of getting better yourself. Like you have to find some way that you can change your way of thinking or change your attitude um, to more positive. And uh, it takes a lot of work and it feels like when you're at your lowest, it feels like it's an impossible task. Um, but things really can get better. Um, I think that's, yeah, like, I don't know. I've, it's, I've been like as bad as it could be with, without like, um, I guess. And, it, and yet I still have like managed to get to a point where I feel much better about my life and I'm happy. And I've, you know, I've met somebody that loves me and, and I'm like working towards having a good life. So I think that's the biggest thing is like, no matter how shitty it might feel, um, it is possible to work on it and have things get better. Yeah. I think, I think a big thing you said was that you have to put the work in. Um, I know being in that position, as I'm sure you, you know, well, is that you, you just want to kind of just do nothing. And that's oftentimes the worst thing you could do. I think it's hard to fight that because it's so consuming. Um, what's mentally the problem can be such a, a physical feeling that just makes you want to do nothing and just lay in darkness or, you know, it just, like I said, becomes all consuming physically. And I think the biggest thing you have to do is fight that and just, realize that you have to put the physical work in and seeking out help and know that it's going to be a process. It's not going to be overnight. So I think um, the last thing people, people need to do is, is just let it consume them and just lay there and, and lock themselves away. You have to try and fight that and understand that it's going to be a battle. You have to put the work in. It doesn't just magically wake up one day and it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you could have the world's best support system, but it's, it's still up to you to do the work. Mm -hmm. um, you could have, you know, hundreds of people telling you it's going to be okay and you're a great person and things are going to get better, but it really doesn't matter until you, you put in the work. And um, 
whatever you have to do to get to that point, whether it's, you know, having a good support system as in like friends and family or going to, uh, going to see somebody to talk to professionally, like whatever it is, um, it's worth it because it, it can get better no matter how bad it was. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, uh, couldn't agree more and um we don't want to take up too much of your time here but um just uh before we let you go what's the upcoming season looking like for you as far as you know with covid and everything going on what's um is it is it looking positive or um it's uh there's a lot of things up in the air i've got a project that i'm working on and we just ran into a little bit of a speed bump the other day but i'm trying to stay positive and trying to like find ways that I know one way or another, like uh, I've got some good plans that will happen out. I'm just trying to work on this one specific goal. So I've got my fingers crossed that I can fix the current situation and move forward. But yeah, a bit more, no more competitions, more kind of ski mountaineering and different projects and stuff like that. So Hopefully COVID doesn't become too much of an issue, but a lot of things are kind of on standby at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anything else? No, I best of luck with that uh, project. Um, I do know what, hel- uh, what is it? Heli skiing is heli skiing. Yeah. yeah, I know what that is, but that's about <laughs> it. But um, no, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I think uh, it's going to help a lot of people. Um, I'm glad that you were the first skier that we had on breaking that barrier too so um thank you again and uh you know i hope covid doesn't shut down everything for you thanks thank you guys yeah thank you so much really appreciate it yeah thanks guys thank you for the opportunity